Well, I don't know about you, but this uh, series of sermons on the Holy Spirit has been quite convicting for me. You know, that's the way it should be. Now, the text should grip the heart and change the life of the preacher as much, if not more, as it does the congregation. That's the way it should be. In reality, it's not all the way, always the way it is. But this series of sermons has been quite convicting to me. I've become much more aware of the reality of the Holy Spirit in my own life over the last couple of months. I've become, I think, much more sensitive to the reality of the Holy Spirit in my life. What Jesus said back in John 14 rings in my ears when he said, I will ask the Father, and he will send you another helper. That helper, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, will be with you and will be in you forever. I've had to ask myself, just how much do I rely on the Holy Spirit? How much do I realize that the Holy Spirit really is with me? How aware am I on a daily basis that the Holy Spirit is in me? And then the more pressing questions come, like, what difference does that make in my life? How does that change the way that I live every day? Do I really live like I know and understand the Holy Spirit is with me and in me? I'm aware of that in my relationship with my wife. I realize there are times when the way I relate to her, the way I speak to her, or the concern that I show for her does not reflect the reality of the Holy Spirit in my life. I find that in my relationship sometimes with you. I have to stop and ask myself sometimes, was what I did in that situation or what I said to that person reflective of the Holy Spirit in me or was it reflective of my own flesh? I had recently to call someone and apologize because I realized that what I had said and how I had said it was not so much of the Holy Spirit as it, as it was of me and of my flesh. I'm becoming more and more aware of how life-changing being filled with the Holy Spirit is. And I'm realizing that a lack of change, when there is a lack of change in my own life, reflects a lack of dependence upon the Holy Spirit. We all need to stop and ask ourselves sometimes, am I living like someone who really is filled with the Holy Spirit? Does my attitude reflect the Holy Spirit in me? Do I give evidence that I'm a Spirit-filled person? Then we need to expand the question to the congregation. Are we a Spirit-filled church? Do our attitudes, the way that we talk to each other, the way that we relate to each other, the way that we treat each other, show that we are truly filled with the Holy Spirit? Through this series of sermons, I'm realizing too many times the answer to those questions in my own life is no. Maybe you're coming to that place too. And if we're coming there together, then we're getting, I think, where God wants us to be. This morning I want us to talk about two things. 
I want to talk about blessings and warnings. I want to talk about two blessings that come to us because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then I want us to look at three warnings that the Bible gives us about the Holy Spirit. So first, two, two blessings that are ours because of the presence of the Holy Spirit with us and in us. Now, there's certainly more than two, because life in the Spirit in itself is a blessing. Do you understand that? That when you come to faith in Christ, God grants you the gift of the Holy Spirit. You receive the Holy Spirit into your life. And as Jesus said in John 14, He is with you, He is in you. What a rich blessing that is, to have the Holy Spirit living in your life. But I want to go to two texts. I want to pull two phrases to give us two blessings, I think, that come from the Holy Spirit. And the first blessing is simply this. It is, it is the Bible. It is the Word of God. How did we get this book? Well, we believe this came to us by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit led men like Moses and David and the prophets and Paul to write down exactly what God would have them to write. So that what we have in our hands this morning, what we read with our eyes, truly is the Word of God. Inspired by the Holy Spirit. But as important as inspiration is, and as much of a blessing as that is to us, that's not what I have in mind this morning when I'm thinking about the blessing that the Word of God is to us through the Holy Spirit. Instead, I have in mind what we read in our text from Ephesians 6 in verse 17, the last verse we read where Paul refers to the Bible, the Word of God, as the sword of the Spirit. You see, it's not just that we have the Bible by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But we have the Bible, the Word of God, that is the sword of the Spirit. How does the Bible function as the sword of the Spirit? The Spirit, again, is the agent of sanctification in our lives. That is, the Holy Spirit gives us a desire for holiness. The Holy Spirit enables us to pursue holiness to achieve holiness in our own lives. And one of the ways he does that is by helping us every day to fight the spiritual battles you and I face. Look, if you're not facing some spiritual battles every day, something's not right. Every believer, every believer faces times of tremendous spiritual struggle where we war against the forces of Darkness, as Paul says, where we struggle against evil desires, not just within us, but the forces, the powers, the rulers of this darkness. There is a world out there, unseen, that comes at your soul every day. And just as the Holy Spirit is active trying to drive you and motivate you and lead you to holiness, the evil one is doing everything he can to hinder that, to keep you from desiring God, to keep you from growing in your faith, 
to keep you from maturing to be everything that God designs for you to be. It is a war. And in our text this morning that we read, Paul says God has given us armor to use, to wear. Spiritual armor. You can't see it. It's spiritual. But he gives us armor to wear. And that armor includes such things as the the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the girdle of truth, the helmet of salvation, and, oh by the way, the sword of the Spirit. All the other pieces of the armor are defensive. They protect us. They're a shield. They're a blessed prey. They're a helmet. They protect us from the onslaughts of the evil one. It is the sword of the Spirit, which, yes, can be defensive, but is the offensive weapon God gives to us to use to fight the spiritual battle, to ward off the evil one, to flee temptation, to cause the evil one to flee from us. It is the Word of God. It is the sword of who? The Spirit. Given to us by the Spirit, and the Spirit enables us to use it effectively. It's what Jesus did, remember? Remember when Jesus was driven out into the wilderness, by the way, by the Holy Spirit, to be tempted by the evil one. Hand-to-hand combat is what he faced. And this word here really refers to a a small 16 to 8 inch sword used by the Roman soldiers. They used in close hand-to-hand combat. The word picture here is that that's the way we fight spiritually. It's hand-to-hand combat and we have a sword that we're to use to fight against it. Jesus did it. Every time Satan came to him in the wilderness and said, do this, what did Jesus say? It is written. And he would quote from Scripture. It is your greatest tool because the evil one cannot fight against the truth of God's Word. This is it. And if you want to ward off the evil one, you quote Scripture. You turn to the Bible. If you're tempted to lust, you remember the Bible says, flee immorality. If you're tempted to take something that doesn't belong to you, you remember the Bible says, do not steal. If you're tempted to say something negative about someone else, you remember the Bible says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. There is not a temptation you face any day for which there is not some reference in Scripture that you can use as the sword of the Spirit to fight it off. What a blessing. God has given us His Word as the sword of the Spirit. The second blessing is that you and I, we're we're the temple. You realize you're a temple? You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. What an amazing thing 
you turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 16. Do you not know, Paul says, that you are a temple of God and that the Holy Spirit dwells in you? If any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy. And that is what you are. And then if you go over to chapter 6 and verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? You know, the, the, the Bible's teaching on the Holy Spirit just fits so neatly together. What did Jesus say? Jesus said the Holy Spirit will be with you, and he'll be what? In you. What does Paul say? Chapter 3. Verse 16. Do you not know that you are a temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? Chapter 6, verse 19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? The Holy Spirit lives in you. Grasp that this morning. I I can't... Think of a more life-changing concept if we really grasp the truth that the Holy Spirit, God Himself, lives in you and in me. You see, one of the fundamental teachings of the Bible is that we're all created in the image of God. Every person is created in God's image, even the most vile, wicked, despicable sinner still is in the image of God. That image is badly marred by the effects of sin, but that image is still there. Regeneration, the new birth, begins to change that, restoring us back to what God has created us to be. It's the recreation, the regeneration, the new birth. Bring us back to the place where eventually we are conformed more and more to His image in holiness and in truth. And we have the Holy Spirit Himself living in us to enable us to find our way to be what God has designed for us to be. And that puts a, a tremendous different focus, doesn't it, upon what we do in this body and how we live in it. You know, if I realized that, the, you know, God himself, the second person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit lives in me. If I really grasp that, don't you think that would make a difference in the way I live? Don't you think it would make a difference in the way that you live? If you look in the, in the 1 Corinthians 6 passage you referred to, 
Paul ties the fact that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit with the repulsion of sexual sin. Go back up to verse 18. He says, flee immorality. Every other sin is a, that a man commits is outside the body. But the immoral man sins against his own body. And right after that, what does he say? Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? That's why sexual sin, that's why adultery, that's why fornication are so despicable. It's because for a believer... Those acts are committed with the very temple of the Holy Spirit itself. And so Paul says, flee from it. Run from it. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? And the Holy Spirit lives in you. What a rich blessing that is to know that we have the Holy Spirit living in us. Now I'm going to make a change this morning right here in the pulpit. That's dangerous to do. I almost did it on Thursday when I put the information for, for the bulletin in. I almost realized, you know, this is too much. It's too much for one sermon. I'm realizing it's too much for one sermon. I'm going to talk to you next. Uh, let's just be friends here just a moment. I hope we're friends all the time. But let's just talk here just a moment in the sermon. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on next Lord's Day. I'm going to talk about this series of sermons and kind of where we're going with it. It's not going to end uh, as I planned on the 19th. So we'll get to the warnings eventually, okay? But there are three warnings. I'll tell you what they are. Uh, one is... Don't blaspheme the Holy Spirit. The other is don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Another is don't quench the Holy Spirit. Those probably all deserve a little more time than me trying to rush through the end here this morning. So let's focus on the positive. Let's realize what a blessing it is that God has given to us, his people, the Holy Spirit. You know, it would be blessing enough, wouldn't it, if the Holy Spirit was with us? If we just knew that through God's omnipresence, the Holy Spirit never left us, that every moment of every day we had his presence with us and we could take comfort in that, consolation in that, encouragement from that. But it's more than that. The Holy Spirit is not just with us. But he is in us. You are the temple. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit lives in you. And God has given to you a great blessing, a wonderful tool, his word, which is, which is a sword. We young people, even here at church, many just love swords. You're bringing swords to church because you love to sword fight. What an effective tool it is. God has given to us this book, His Word, as the sword of the Spirit, given us by the Spirit and used by the Holy Spirit to ward off the evil one. 
we might live our lives in a way that pleases and glorifies him. To him be the glory forever. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. And we pray your blessing upon every time we spend together in it. And I pray that you would uh, help us as we deal with the wrath of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that we would stand in awe that we have him with us and in us, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And Father, we pray your blessing upon uh, each one of us as we seek to use your word as the sword of the Spirit, and that we would become what you've called us to be as we fight daily the spiritual battle in which you place us. Thank you for the promise of victory you give to us through our Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen.